What up, y'all? This is episode 107, and this is She Gets It Podcast. My name is Shan, and today, again, um, there's another fashion brand in the media disrespecting um, the history of black people, period. And it's just, I mean, why... But at the same time, we know why, because they can. <clears throat> and as consumers, we allow them to by not uh, disengaging, by us keep providing our dollars to their companies. And I don't think people understand the level of control that we have as consumers as black people in the world we spend the most money when it comes to consumer goods and we are the ones in control and as long as we control the dollars that are being spent we can also make a path as to where these fashion brands can and cannot go as far as how we are perceived by them and what you know idea and imagery they're given to the world about us and i feel like any black person walking around sporting wearing or supporting a brand that continuously disrespects who they are are idiots period they're dis- you're disrespecting yourself by supporting a brand who cares nothing about you but will gladly go ahead and take your money and we're going to talk about it um i will have a guest um my dear friend henny we are college buddies and have been inseparable since and uh we'll be talking about you know racist brands and fashion and um I'll be talking about it's not just a fashion issue also. So, yep, it's being talked about. Hello, guys. How are you? I'm Henny Jacobs, lover of all things black and beautiful. (laughs) That's exactly what we need right now. So, I wanted Henny go ahead and join me for the topic of um, why do black people continuously support brands who disrespect them and let's start off with the question of why do you think black people spend the most money on these high-end brands who continuously create collections, products that disrespect our history um, in a racist, derogatory type of way? Hmm. Well, I don't think Black folks intentionally seek out to shop at these companies knowingly, you know, that they're disrespecting our culture or our history. I think it's a number of reasons that Black folks rock these luxury brands, period. One, Um, it's always been pretty much a status thing 
poor black folks wearing these luxury brands it signifies status that's number one you know right um I think it's not only a sign of wealth but it exemplifies that you've kind of made it you know you're probably out of the hood or you know out of the you're probably from the inner city and you know a lot of us didn't come up being or we weren't raised being able to afford these types of clothes so once we I guess get a little bit of money and um we kind of floss out a little bit when you look at rappers and musicians what's the first thing they purchase clothes cars exactly bling they want to stand out it it signifies your status you know what I mean right and um I also think it's huge in the rap culture if you think back to the inception of rap um rappers like Run DMC they had on their track suits but they still was rocking their big gold rappers have always been rocking their bling and their diamonds I think um, it, it it's definitely a, a black thing it's always been but I don't think that um, us as a people are just going out saying I want to rock Gucci or I want to rock Prada knowing that they're consciously doing this. You know what I mean? Right. But but in the same breath, it's kind of like, you know, today when I was scrolling through IG after the whole Prada thing with the um, little black Sambo like uh, <laughs> charm that they made, I... I saw a, a lady like posting some Prada shoes that she was trying on and she was like under the post she was like aren't they cute and I wanted to be like did you not see the post um, of you know Prada doing X, Y, and Z but at the same time it's kind of like the only way we get better as people to gain respect from other cultures is by knowing how to respect ourselves and being knowledgeable of what's going on and a lot of people aren't knowledgeable about what um, this is going to portray um, because of my history and because of people who look like me in the past Right. a lot of people might go to like a photo shoot and do this pose Mm -hmm. and put on this outfit and I understand what it means you know whether it's blackface whether it's um, you posing as uh, King Kong with a white woman they don't understand what that's portraying whether it's oh let me go ahead and put on this head wrap and act like I'm somebody's maid or act like I'm taking care of someone's children and these children are portrayed a different way you don't you're not going to understand the full value of what you're doing unless you know your history you're not going to understand how disrespectful and just careless it is to sit and create and spend time and there's google there's all these different search engines and books on what history has done and how it has affected people and because you have a background in fashion and I have a background in fashion you know how much research goes into creating a collection 
you know that you look for inspiration you look for colors you look for textures you look for you know what was going on around this time when this item looked the way it, it did what the function was right so there's, there's so much a mood board that goes into you know getting objects colors textures yeah and pictures that you would even get so far as to put something on a shelf or a human being and portray something so ignorant and then apologize for it I think at the end of the day I'm just I'm pretty much tired of their apologies because yes (laughs) I don't think they care honestly I really don't think they care but if you think about European culture as a whole it's not nearly as creative or even close to being as vast as the African diaspora. That's why they always, every season, two years ago, it was Mark Jacobs. They're always taking or stealing from us in that sense and appropriating our culture. Like, clearly, this happens, wait, this time it's Prada and Gucci. Last year, it was H&M. Two years ago, it was uh, Mark Jacobs. Then, uh, all of these designers are, you know, at one point in time, they had their models wearing cornrows or braids and trying to change up the name, call them boxer braids. First of all, that is not what they're called. All right. right? Like (laughs) Or or a band two knots and call them something something else. I'm just like, listen. Oh yeah, what did they call the band two knots? I totally forgot. I don't know what they called them. Something stupid and ignorant. Everybody knew it was wrong. Everybody knew it wasn't a new hairstyle. But because you never want to give us credit for being creative. I agree. It's automatically something new now. I mean, I I think they know it's not new. They just don't want to give us credit. That's where the disrespect comes in. But we have to really also factor in. I don't think it's a lot of black folks in these boardrooms having these discussions, making these decisions, addressing what's appropriate and what's inappropriate or simply culture appropriation. You know what I mean? Even if there was anyone in a building where these thoughts went through meetings and meetings and meetings, I would feel like shit if I knew I worked for a company and they were about to put something out. I would feel just disgusting being affiliated with it. Even like the Adidas shoe that had like the shackles on it. Why? Why? You know, nobody's creating, no designer's creating a black and white silk pajama walking down the runway with the star on the right side. Nobody's doing that. Because it's irresponsible. It's it's disgusting. It's disrespectful. You're right. What do you mean a star? The star from, you know, um, from Jews back in the Holocaust days. Right. Other concentration camps. Girl. And what, what that represents and how hurt they will be. But because, you know, the Jewish community right now is so, you know, valued, loved, appreciated, they have their reparations. They own so much and they and they keep their money and their wealth and their knowledge within their communities and they build up their communities, especially in New York. You can see that a lot. If you go to certain parts of Brooklyn, definitely. You if you go to Brooklyn, they they own part. They own literally half of it, and right. they have their whole their whole system. Literally, their own um, their own court system. They have their own schools, their own police um, officers, and everything. It's it's crazy, but you. <laughs> 
you can't in society you definitely cannot mention uh jewish people or the holocaust they will come for your head that's right but as soon as you mention something that's equally horrific like slavery and it's just like oh that was a long time ago first of all it wasn't that long ago if you really think about it, 154 years you know what no, I mean no it's not and that long ago and it wasn't so long ago that they stopped hanging black men they're still doing that yes in many places in, in the south and and not not to be harsh but it lasted far longer than the holocaust why I'm still it's still I still have sympathy for those people who endured any traumatic pain you know but let's just really factor in slavery and still the oppression of our people today i think i think slavery they want us to get over it so much is because they haven't even fully brought to the forefront what was done to us like like i even i i saw a post the other day where it was um this black woman that was like she was hanged she was pregnant they cut open her stomach the babies fell out and they said that they stomped the baby out i'm done stop just stop just, that is just, that is just imagining seeing that whether you're a child whether you're a full adult whether you're an old man or an old woman That's why like, how, how, much, how much hate would you have to hang someone that doesn't have anything who you own and then cut out a eight-month baby out their stomach but that's the type of hate we live through and even now it's still happening today (coughs) present day yeah even now we walk around and we have to be numb to the disrespect that comes with our skins being beautiful browns and 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 all types of shades and coming from our parents and their parents and what they had to endure and we have to walk around and we have to be be told to oh forget it just get over it okay it happened that wasn't me that's not my fault what happened back there but the continuous ignorance that you're you keep pushing out there and portraying that is your fault that's something you have to own up to you can't say oh i didn't know it's 2019. I, I think it also stems from your upbringing. Like, you can't just depend on the school system or teachers to teach your children these things. You know, being a mom of two, being a conscious woman that you are, you, and I saw your post, you did something for Black History Month teaching your yeah, oldest I, daughter about Marcus Garvey and the importance yeah. of Black culture and um, Black um, empowering people within the black community so it's about teaching the children from youth what's important how to treat people how to treat people equally no matter the the race ethnicity religion whatever but it also your rate you you're in you're in charge of bringing these kids up so they can be aware of the things around them pretty much so even when i was doing that marcus garvey poster with my five-year-old daughter she asked me she said mom am I black I don't look black I said Anya your skin is brown but in society they label people that look like you and me as black Mm -hmm. so it's not that your skin is actually black but you are a shade of brown that they label us as black in society but your name is Anya your parents um, 
were born in America. My parents were born in Jamaica, so we come from different places. But mm-hmm. here in the U.S., they think they label us black. Did you explain <coughs> that there are many, many, many shades under the black umbrella under yeah, that quote-unquote race? Yeah, I said we're all types of brown. And the other day, I'm in the car driving home from picking her up from school, and she she asked me, um, "What does nigger mean?" Oh wow, wait, already, so, dude. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, <laughs> okay. like I, I gotta turn down my music. Like this is like <laughs> turn down the music on that one. Like the turn fact, music like, you know, the fact that she knows this word, right? And I'm just like, okay. I said, Anya, where did you hear that? And she was like. I don't know. I said, okay. I said, Anya, where did you hear that? Somebody said it. Mm-hmm. I said, so, I said, okay. So, nigger is a word that people use to make other people feel less than or small or make them feel bad. I said, it's not a nice word to use, but it's a word that they use to um, make people that are like you and me brown to feel like we don't matter we're nothing so it's not they're inferior i said so don't say it she was like well big people say it i said sometimes big people say and you may hear it in songs and you may see it on tv but that doesn't make it right so she was like well when i get big i want to say it Uh i said well i said well i I hope when you get older and you learn more about the word you don't want to say it because it doesn't make people feel good and you're going to make people not feel nice about who they are. And she was like, okay, I think about it. But even though... I'm done. Obviously, <laughs> as she gets older, you'll begin to tell her more about the exception right. of that word and how it really stings towards our people. Like, you hear somebody that's not of a Black descent or African culture saying that, and you're ready to fight. Now, some right. people handle it differently. I've never been called that by you know, an individual that wasn't black, but honestly, I don't know how I would handle it. Some people I know have fought and and got into physical altercations. Mm -hmm. Some others, um, words were exchanged and it became a, you know, a verbal argument, but that word stings and it holds a a, a big punch of oppression, you know? So like even me right now being like a mom of two girls, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really, you know, like gonna be ready to be surprised about somebody calling them the N word. I'm more surprised. I'm gonna be more um, anxious for someone to use a different term that they're not knowledgeable about and then mm-hmm. answer to it. Like you know how like some older authority or cop from back in the day may say, "Come here, boy." Oh, you're, that's your worst. Like I'm, I'm, I'm more. Like, oh my God, like, I, how do I explain that somebody's going to call you a word that's not rude and not mean, but the way that they say and the way that they use it is disrespectful? You, you should answer to it. Like, that's what I'm more anxious about. That is that is rude and that is mean considering uh, the connotation behind it. Uh, uh, right. But older the, white like, male saying, calling a black boy or male or adult boy. Yeah stems from that time not too long ago literally during the Jim Crow period you know like what are you doing here boy when we couldn't sit at restaurants when we couldn't ride the the front of the bus you know 
Right, but it's kind of like right now with the youth now, how many boys and teenagers outside know that that's derogatory if they say that? Um, I think I don't. I don't think a lot because the the parents that they have right now may be like uh, you know, like might may shrug that type of history to give and that type of knowledge to give a kid. So they they don't they don't care. I think they care. I just think. It depends who it, who says it, and like I said, it, it always goes back to the parents. And I don't think that they don't care. I think it's a certain way that you have to word things depending on how young your children are. Once they're older, obviously, middle school and high school years, you can be much more open versus when they're your kids' age, especially Anya since she's uh, five. Correct. Right. So you can explain things. You just have to be uber sensitive and selective with the verbiage that you use. So, you know, they you, they understand on their particular level. Maybe I shouldn't say they don't care. Maybe I should say that it's not, it's not very important um, right now for, for the young males and females because... I can tell on how they carry themselves. Like, um, you carry yourself with a certain respect in order to be respected. And how these kids, you know, their mannerisms or how they treat each other. And I can see it. I'm just like, they don't know. Like, I don't even have to ask them what I need to ask them. I know they don't know because they wouldn't say things like that. Or they wouldn't talk like that. Or they wouldn't walk like that if they knew. And I think for us, we have to, this at the same momentum of us sending our kids to school, wherever you send your kids to school and they come home, we can't rely on, you know, society to raise our kids and they come home and we feed them and we make sure they take a bath and they go to bed. We have to kind of have to unlearn the BS that they learned in school. Because a lot of things that are in school are not the truth. And school is not going to teach our kids, you know, the value of themselves. School is not going to teach our kids the value of money and saving and earning and not always uh, being told to be the worker that you can be the boss or you can be the owner or you, you can own a house. You don't have to wait till this time or this age to go to college. You don't have to wait in order to um, gain something for for yourself. And I think a lot of other cultures teach their kids the value of things in adult life way ahead before kids that are Black learn it. I think think we learn a lot of things by failure more so than other cultures on how they teach their kids. I'd rather use trial and error versus failure because I don't think that everybody that has learned that lesson, that lesson on their own has necessarily failed. I think that like, I think of areas where my mom maybe wasn't as um, knowledgeable and I have an older sister and she might've schooled me on a particular situation like student loans and debt and things of that nature. I don't think specifically our parents or the parents of this generation intentionally not tell their kids or inform them of things that they should be conscious of. I think sometimes 
inadvertently things get in the way like moms being moms having to sometimes be the mom and dad when you think about the you know the inner city and or the hood as we call it sometimes there's not a mom and dad to steer the kids in the right direction so mommies don't always have time to have a sit down and explain things of that nature to their children you know my mom worked two and three jobs when I was growing up so maybe we couldn't always have the heart to heart about how school was or you know things like that but I think the dynamic within the black culture is shifting there's much more consciousness there's much more awareness about where we are and where we stand and who we are and how far we've come as a people there are celebrities that are taking a stance and speaking out against police brutality and our political climate so I definitely understand what you're saying. Uh, we do have a, a, a ways to go as a culture, especially being young people. But I think we have to credit ourselves and 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 you know pat ourselves on the back for for getting through just everyday motion, knowing that this uh, cloud of oppression has has still weighed on us and it still is even to this day. You know, right. And. Um the value of how we shop and how we spend our money I think we have to read like relearn well unlearn how people say you know get a job then you pay these bills then you um, get paid next week and then you get your taxes and then you go do whatever you want with your taxes definitely but what is it that you're going to do with your taxes that's going to make you not be back to ground zero later I think the days of, you know, as far as millennial culture and and on, I think the days of staying at a job and having a career in that field for 20 and 30 years are over with. We are definitely spearheading things. We are we are bosses now. We are supervisors. We are entrepreneurs more than ever. There's more than um, more black owned businesses. Uh, than there's been in what the past decade I shop at a few Um, I eat at a few restaurants I live in Harlem so I'm always eating at black owned restaurants and trying to support and give back to the black community and um, in in Atlanta I know there's many that you shop at as well yeah and I try to be more aware of my environment where I may see you know this whole block right here is like rundown houses, boarded up houses, and then you have on the next street, those houses are going for two hundred k, no less, and they're 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 growing higher, and it's a different culture living on that block, and I think we need to understand that there's more value in owning property that you can sell off if you wanted to, than looking for like the best apartment to rent because it's like in the city definitely we do need to start owning more property and um i for one (laughs) would like to own some property some property specifically in the south um but that goes without saying one day at a time one day at a time right and um i just think the shift of you know assets and material things that lose its value uh, needs to be um, explained to kids now and uh, you know the point of wanting a high end car 
to own versus why people always keep the latest cars because they lease it and they keep it under a certain mileage and then they go trade it in and then you get the newer car and the newer car it's not that they own all these cars they're leasing these cars so there's a way to go ahead and you know make the system kind of work for you there's a way to make sure that you get paid today and you can still make it to like your next paycheck and having multiple sources of income it doesn't have to be the job that you physically wake up and go to every day people are making thousands and thousands of dollars sitting behind the computer doing nothing just sitting there talking or sitting there sharing people are making money you know creating in their homes and going if they leave the house they're leaving to go ship something out so there's plenty of ways to make money there's plenty of ways to invest the money that you may get in taxes create a product make it put it out there have other stores sell it to who are paying rent to have a storefront you don't necessarily need a storefront you just maybe need a website and you need packaging and you need to go ahead and ship it out and and there's shortcuts to making product making profit now that there wasn't before so a lot of stores are leaving a physical store and getting online and putting all their money into their product which is smart but to piggyback on what you said i totally agree we have to start um basically investing back into us but i mean you have to be knowledgeable about those things and if if you're not if this is an, an interest of yours then i don't think people in the communities are really going to care i think they're starting to care more but some people don't want to invest in their com- community some people want to buy high-end clothes or rent apartments and do these things because they're not knowledgeable about it they're they're ignorant to a lot of things and then we have to think about as far as buying a house like i don't know anyone within our age group that will buy a house in new york like because of gentrification and 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 the cost of living that's just pretty much ludicrous unless it's a two-parent home and we also know that you know that's sometimes rare too it's not a lot of us that are married i know a handful of people that are but i don't know any single people that are out here purchasing homes in these high price neighborhoods no but you uh, i you will hear about um you know uh celebrities who who would have said they passed up buying property in Brooklyn or they passed up buying property property in Manhattan is worth 600 million right now or whatever million right now we I have mean, to, that's celebrities <laughs> yeah i can't i, I don't, I don't relate but, to them at all i know we can but at the same time yeah, he mentioned that on his album didn't exactly he? Yeah. that goes that goes to show that even when you when people you think have it and know it all don't really know it all and they still may miss opportunities but at the same time it is always good to explore what's new like right now for Atlanta right now real estate everybody's in real estate right now everybody's buying property right now everybody's flipping property because right it's so cheap down there it's it is very the cheapest place i've ever lived in my life and it's very easy and a lot of people are doing airbnbs with their um condos and their apartments downtown and they're making thousands of dollars and it's just 
you'll be stupid not to take advantage of the fact that you can go online right now and find a house in Atlanta for like 25k as is and like you can work on it and if you think about it if you can buy a property solo fix it up over time um, rent it out you could be paying off bills without even have to put in that work to get that money that's true I agree with you (laughs) so it's a different type of thinking like I know I know I have friends younger than me that own homes. I have friends who are older than me that own homes. But at the same time... Yeah, I don't think it's specifically an age thing. I think it's honestly, if that's something that you want, and how your pocket's really looking, can you afford it, you know? Yeah. Because I think if all me and my New York friends decide to move to Atlanta, it is possible to make that happen. But it depends on your location, you know? For sure. And um, and your knowledge of owning property or wanting to and just becoming less ignorant to the fact that we actually do need to own some property at the end of the day. Right. Because if we don't own it, somebody else is going to own it. And then they're going to tell us we can't live there. And we'll be renting. We'll be renters forever, pretty much. Right. So even now, like if you go outside and you go down the street and you go into your bodega, it's not owned by a black owner. Is probably owned by somebody from a completely different culture. If you go in most definitely Middle Eastern, if you go in a a beauty supply store, it's probably owned by an Asian family. If you go in your nail salon, it's probably owned by Asians. If you if you go in certain parts of like Georgia right now in Dunwoody, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of um, sorry, it's a lot of. Indians in that area and they're they're doctors and they bring their whole family and you see their kids and they're just growing and Gwinnett right now is a lot of Asians that own businesses and they keep that money in rotation in their community and they reinvest in themselves and they reinvest you know you have Jewish communities you have all these different cultures grouping together and building themselves up and buying property and owning and then we just we gotta we have to go to them because that's all that's there. Right, 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 right. And it doesn't have to be. We buy more hair products. We buy more clothes. If 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 there's a new shoe coming out, that line is wrapped around the block. I know. That's that's what's unfortunate. So it's kinda like <clears throat> Well some Jordans. Yeah, we're like, where are we putting a dent? And oh, like generations, it doesn't have to be oh, be the first black president. How about be the first um, black football team owner? There's or, no or the, black or the first team. or the first black owner of a supermarket on your block. Yes, that would be huge, actually. Yes. I believe there is an all black supermarket, but it's in the south <clears throat> somewhere. Um, don't quote me. I got to get back to you on what's the I mean, there is, but we, we're not putting a dent in, like, this is a thing. Like, I want black owners to own a stream of a section of something like how we have the Waltons on Walmart. Mm, like, nice. I, I want a superstore. I want it to be on a major scale. Like, I could go to any city and go to a black owned business of this. I think we'll get there. I honestly and truly do. I got faith in my people and know that we will rise and smarten up. 
we're we're starting, we're getting there, but we we have, have to a, because we have a long ways to go for sure. Because when we when we work all these hours that we work, some people are working seventy plus hours a week, and we get to our retirement age, and we can't retire because we haven't saved anything. Yeah, we're not financially literate. <clears throat> And these kids that we have, and they turn into teenagers, and then they, you know, they pass 18 and they're in their 20s, and we don't prepare them to go outside and stand on their own, and they're still living in our homes, and we around the age where we, <laughs> we, we, we around the age where we want to retire, and we can't because every time we had an extra money, we helping them out, and then when we need the help and we're sick, and we need our kids to help us, they don't have any room to help us. But we have to see like the ongoing, you know, circulation of money going in and out. That's not going to help anybody in the long run. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think it. It. I totally agree with you. But it definitely depend depends on the family. Every family unit and dynamic <laughs> is very different. And I, and I think that's a it's, a. it's a good and a bad thing as long as you plan for it if you plan to not fail because you have a backup for this and a backup for that i feel like you'll be less stressed yep and it's all in what you instill in your and your children i for one when i have children um i want to teach them the value of a dollar but also teach them how to invest into themselves into the black community and um, it goes back to our earlier discussion as far as what they're purchasing. Will this really benefit you? I'm, I'm speaking from my own uh, perspective for being in fashion for over a decade, knowing how many clothes and shoes I own and realizing how frivolous it is at this moment to own all of that stuff. I don't want my kids to inherit my sense of, of being a hoarder and just buying all this stuff. Because at the end of the day, that's all it is, is stuff. And what do you have to really show for it besides the fact that you have it you know so it right. goes back to our discussion of addressing what's what's important in your children's lives what's important how is this going to impact them their lives or the community that's that's what I want to do you know for my future children and that's what we all should be in tune with in tune with each other in tune with the community and giving back as much as possible and investing in ourselves truly investing Right, and we don't have to give in to the the holidays that break our pockets. You know, if it's Christmas and you really can't afford to buy all these toys and all these things that your kids want that they don't need, take your kids out to go volunteer. Yeah, show. definitely. I want to take my kids to the soup kitchen to to give clothes to the homeless. But those are things that I do on my spare time. So it is really important for your kids to see and not to just want all the time to see others that are less fortunate that don't have mommy and daddy are don't always have the money to get you toys and even if we do you don't need them there are certain kids that don't have these toys don't have the luxury of having having the things that you have you know and that's another thing you have to instill in your children what's truly important like we're not going to be asking for all these presents every single year and expect to get them without 
doing well in school and it, I mean it's a whole series of things you have to teach your your kids so they won't end up as selfish and greedy individuals and entitled and entitled that's the biggest Boy. thing entitlement is something else and you know these fashion companies they're going to sell identity they're going to sell you fantasies they're going to sell you products but we have to change their thoughts by changing how they make profits and if we don't change how they can make a profit they're going to continuously be ignorant to what they're doing true and by having these conversations with your kids and hopefully my future kids they can be they might one day be the the people in these boardrooms as brown and black kids explaining the importance of diversity and not appropriating culture you know and um just knowing what's right and wrong and let me just say that anyone out here striving to wear a gucci from head to toe a Prada from head to toe anything gaudy from head to toe with a (laughs) label all over it it just screams your insecurities it screams your ignorance it doesn't make me want (laughs) to go walk up to you and say anything it doesn't make me want to just be in the essence and the vibe of who you are it makes me feel sorry for you i mean i don't even think (laughs) you're funny you're funny i i've never been (laughs) i'm just like it's funny because that was cute as long as i've been in fashion i've never been a label person like i go to a thrift store before i want to go to saks fifth avenue but that's just me personally some people love the the grand and luxury high-end labels but i i I do i don't think that black people are are super choosy and selective with who they stand behind i think it's what's popular at the moment you know what i mean we 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 like what's fresh what's dope what's happening what's hip and they they know they know this so much that they're going to make collections on the dime of your ignorance and they're gonna watch you wear it and they're gonna pocket the money that you're making them I mean at the end of the day who makes pop culture who makes things what they are we do it's, it's right folks and, but and, I don't and think the hip hop culture think, we have always made things popular people don't understand the, the power in that they don't understand the power of our dollar the power of our appearance the power of our swag the fact that that we can put it on and our drip it just look much harder than anybody else just because of who we are as a culture and our essence and how much we we bring life to these Gucci and, and Prada clothes like without it, it it would just look lifeless let's be real because of our skin tone because of our body shapes our curves our hair whatever our magic you know mm, I don't know but we just need some solutions. So. We do. We I, and, and there are many solutions. Um, I think one solution for sure is buying more black-owned clothing. And it's not like it's not out here. It's out here. Well, maybe you can. Do you know some? Because I, I mean, I know a few. I just got this dope T-shirt that has Afro on it. That has the words the word Afro on it and a long pick. It's called, I mean, it's from uh, State of Funk, which is a pretty dope website, black owned with uh, graphic tees, 
symbolizing our culture and strength with maps of Africa and just cool sayings and, and pictures. And I believe they sketch it them, themselves, which is pretty dope to me. And yeah, I mean, we there's, there's so many. We, we shop on IG. We shop, you know, online, offline. We see something. You can easily access it. It's more so, do you care to find these things? I mean, you know, I try to look through people who help themselves, people who create their own worlds within the one we are given. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, there's a mom, Erin, who, you know, she writes books and she makes t-shirts and I ordered a hoodie and a t-shirt from her, I'm waiting for it in the mail. But I always look to see, okay, what new does she have? What's the brand? What's the label? <coughs> Is Arian Mil- Melism. Let me let me spell it. I'm about to say, hold up. So on IG, you can find her E R Y N A M E L I S M. It's her IG. Um, but she's on Big Cartel, and the website's up there. Just click on it. Go through her, um, you know, her products. She just put up some lingerie that she's selling right now. Uh oh. But- but there's so many different products and even if it goes to skincare there's so many natural products that brands are putting out here that don't have all these chemicals in it and we have to be mindful of the products that mainstream throw at us and the harmful chemicals in it that disrupt our whole being and who we are and may mess up the color of our skin and give us all these cancers later on and just be mindful of that like we can't keep circulating our dollars around here in ignorance agree like that can't happen totally agree with you and the best thing about social media right now is not the memes it's not some me. of the memes are funny though let's keep it real some because you, funny, them, but... you send them to me and they <laughs> that's not the best thing the best thing about social media right now is the fact that everything's accessible with the swipe right, right everything right. is like one click away you didn't know about this brand here it is oh you like my jeans or my earrings here's their page right. go ahead and go at them it's not oh you have to go to the store anymore true and I love that there's so many black owned companies even though if they don't have a brick and mortar store they have an online store they have an Instagram store so even more more so now than ever the the digital world that's pretty much what we live in and, and it's how we live our lives 24-7 everybody's always on their phone if you're going to be on your phone invest back into your community and shop at these black owned stores and insta boutiques Right, right, and support the people who have an idea of getting in stores. And if you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that can get them on the shelf, share that information. I agree. Let's do it, people. Let's yeah, we better. We can't get better by keeping things to ourselves anymore. Nope. Share the wealth. Knowledge is power. I mean, and and, and if you have a closet full of clothes that you ain't touched in six plus months or years think about if you need it word you could always take them down and donate it somewhere mm-hmm. or uh, trade it in for something or 
there's so much thing that we hold on to that really is not doing anything good for us. Right. Like the more I've moved over the last 10 years, I've had less and less things because that's good. They said every time you move you should purge. Man. I'm and sorry. I, I purge yeah. each time I move but sometimes I it's not enough. <laughs> Listen, I purge but I'm not moving, okay? <laughs> the less things, the better I, I feel because as you get older you you begin to understand your needs and you begin to understand the things that you like and I hope it becomes minimal and in fashion right now it's becoming very minimal for me I need a good shoe a good jacket some comfortable t-shirts and a good jean and I'm good right you know me your girl I need a whole look I mean, you can have your looks, but I got my looks. But they, but best believe, I'm, I didn't get them at Gucci or Prada. Listen, don't let H&M your looks, for that matter. Please don't let your looks cost you ignorant. Oh no, never that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like we don't, we don't need the labels. It's not just fashion. So as far as the disrespect of cultures and people, it hasn't only been in fashion. There has been so many races, ads, and brands who bring awareness to how racist they are and disrespectful. But over time, stores and people have just shrugged at it and I'm going to go through some things that they shrugged at because as far as you know back to 2017 1.3 trillion dollars in buying power came from African Americans black people who are continuously disrespected by ads and fashion shows and fashion brands but it's not just fashion it's in the products in our home so uh, for instance brands that been racist could say let's go say negro which is the number one steel wool brand in the middle east that's the middle east i'm sure you can count how many quote-unquote black people they are in the Middle East. But they their, their ad was a black man, cartoon-like, as the number one steel wool product to buy. That's disrespectful. Even on our shelves is Aunt Jemima pancake mix, Aunt Jemima syrup, and it's still a black woman imagery of a black <clears throat> servant slave woman in a house with a head wrap that's still on their packaging today is still the shape of their bottles today and it has been okayed okay the chiquita banana lady has been sexualized as being a flamboyant latina woman and her sticker is still on there and they don't care how that comes off. Lando Lakes butter is with an Indian on it, an Indian woman, very stereotypical. The cream of wheat box is a black cook. Um, 
I mean, it's disrespectful. But basically, he's like a black-like man, but as a childlike persona. You know, he looks like a non-threatening slave. And if you go as far back as to read the ads on it, you can see where their mind was when creating this. And it has been okay because if you go in the grocery store today on the cream of wheat box, he's on there. Um, Coquitos, a Spanish version of M&M's, resembles the name of Congo. And even if they're saying it's not the same thing, on the ad of the package for this candy is with a black baby on the package. Why did you have to have that on there? They're not going to explain that part to you, though. Yum Yum brand apples was disrespectful to Indians in America, okay? Canadian patriotic fun ad, disrespectful to Indians. Um, The Fritos Keats free coloring pencil ad, disrespectful to Mexicans. The um, Revere Cooper and Bras War Bonds, disrespectful to Japanese. They talked about how Japanese are cross-eyed in the ad. The Gold Dust, um, what is it? The Gold Dust Twins, disrespectful to blacks. They were making fun of the Wright Brothers, and under the ad says the Wright Brothers for cleaning in quotations. Come on. It, does, it did not have to be done, but it was okayed. Okay, and as long as we stop okaying the shit that they're trying to produce and then they're trying to put out there (coughs) for our parents to see, for us to see, for our children to see as being okay, they're going to continuously disrespect us. Uncle um, Remo Syrup, it says, just show him good. Come on now, black man on the box. Black man on the cover. It doesn't need to be there. The Pure Soap is a, um ad for a white little boy or girl soaping up a black boy. And when they soap them up and wash them off, the black boy turns white, but he still has a black face. Unnecessary, but it was okay. Bob's Bar, black kid screaming for Mammy on a gate disrespectful bulls durham tobacco black man with red lips and uh, it's just the sayings that they put on there even if they're trying to say that it's not racist why even take it to a point where it could be interpreted as being racist and i think it goes back to how predominantly black people right now spend their money So, in society, you're either the producer or the consumer. In quotations, let's say the farmer or the buyer. You know, how do you you see your money? How do you spend your money? Some people see the money to take and consume and get. Some people see their money as in to put it towards something where they don't have to worry about where they're going to get money from later. So, you could have an investment type of thinking when it comes to your money or you can have a spending type of thinking and most of the time black people have a spending type of thinking because we spent so much time over decades and centuries of not being able to have it through systemic racism and 
having triggers where we're emotionally attached to things. We're emotionally attached to what was given to us that we were never allowed to have. We're emotionally attached to clothes, shoes, cars. But we will go ahead and trick out a car and make it something to be invested in. But if somebody takes that, what do you have? If If it falls apart, what do you have? You have a lot of money that you invested into a vehicle that can be damaged really easily. <clears throat> we um, invest a lot of money into buying toys that kids are going to play with and not want to play with again. Um, we blow our money. We spend our money. We give it away. And then we become dependent again. Like the money is in and out, in and out, in and out really fast. <coughs> and it doesn't have to be. You know, being told what we could do and what we could have has changed our thinking into always getting and not building. Always uh, working, working really hard to get a lot of money and spend it stupidly. And it is showing in how much we buy. But we always have to come back to these companies that don't serve us. You know, you can think... And grow your money and be independent. You can think about the possibilities that getting this type of money can do for you as far as building something or owning something or having an asset that you could look to just in case you need to just sell something to make more money for your family. You had that. You know, a lot of people lease cars because they know cars are eventually going to fall apart and they keep them for a certain while. And then once a new car comes along, they lease that again and they trade that car in because they don't keep things that are going to fall apart. We got to be smart about how we spend our money. If you're smart about how you spend your money, you're more in control. You have the power to move around how you want to move around. Nobody can dictate what you can do. If you have the means to <clears throat> get your own food, you're not concerned about what time the store is going to open. You're not concerned about what time somebody's going to start serving lunch so you could buy some. You could make that at home. So it's all about switching how we think and switching how we uh, spend our money. Unlearning how we were told how to make money and spend money. You know, now we have to unlearn a lot of things that we were told and teach ourselves a better way of thinking. Think about saving your money or investing it into something that's going to make you more money than you had in the first place. Instead of spending money on something and clothing where people they consistently disrespect you. Like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get why you constantly have to go for the most lavish looking piece of clothing. For what? Who are, who are you impressing? You know, more education on money is definitely needed for black people. More education on these brands that they buy into. More education on what options they have growing up uh, when it comes to money and saving and what smart investments are and what they look like. And penny stocks, I think, needs to be taught to our kids, needs to be taught to our teenagers, especially because once they turn 18... All those credit cards are going to come in the mail. And you just don't want to go into your 20s being in debt because in your 30s, you're going to pay for it. Okay? In your 30s, you're going to pay for it. 
when you want to be buying big smart purchases like houses and things for your children, you're going to be paying for your debts. And that's something you don't want to do. You know, the black dollar circulates in the black community for like for about 6 to 7 hours. Tops and then it's spent, it's gone. You have things because you spent money. In a white community, it probably circulates for 17 days before it's back out of their pockets. In a Jewish community, it probably circulates for 20 days before it's back out of their pockets. You know, in a, in a Middle Eastern community, it probably circulates for 30 plus days before it's back out of their pockets. For an Asian community, 30 days that money is circulating in their community before it's out of their pockets and back into somebody else's pockets. But you have to look at who's in these communities of primarily black people. It's Asians with restaurants and beauty stores that sell products for primarily us black people. Or it's Indians who have bodegas and um, and other um, easy franchise fashion stores or it's uh, the Jewish community that sells um, and has grocery stores so we have to be mindful that other cultures need us in order to make a profit right but at the same time just as much as you need us to make a profit you have to respect us to make that profit also and that respect is not going to come until we start respecting ourselves period that is the point I'm trying to make. We have the power to make other people respect us in order to get our money. Because we spend the most. We buy the most. Just make sure that person you're spending your money with respects who you are. Period. Want to support some black brands? Let's try um, looking up Sheila Rashid, Rashid.com. She makes her own denim. Good denim. Um, she did uh, Chance the Rapper's overalls. Um, check out Joe Fresh Goods. Don't dash be dash mad.com. Um, that's where I got Fuck Donald Hat. Um, most of my peeps love it. Coco and Breezy, the twins that um, make bomb sunglasses. Check them out. Um, you can uh, support Rihanna's Fenty Beauty. If you want beauty products, you can support the Fat Tiger Workshop. .com. You can support um, Rude, www rh-ude.com you can support radical dreams pins they have some bomb pins right now especially for black history month you can check out chilio you can check off off-white you can check out jerry lorenzo feargod.com you can check out rsvp gallery um bodega like there's so many brands out here where we do not have to support people who do not support our truest blackness okay y'all be great out here deuces shan told you look some brands up find out some new brands and designers to support and support them now
What up, y'all? Thank you for listening to She Gets a Podcast. My name is Shan. You can find me at www.whoisshan.com. If you're a creative, email me at info at whoisshan.com. If you would like to do a feature on one of these episodes, I would love to talk and figure out what is it that you do that you're great at and share it with the world. She Gets It Podcast is available on many platforms. You have iTunes, you have Anchor, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Podbean, hopefully more to come. YouTube, hmm, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about doing a YouTube uh, channel maybe in the future. But if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Shan underscore gets it on IG. Other than that, y'all be great and uh, see you soon.